Gracious Heavenly Father, the more pandemic and political chaos threaten us, the closer we hang on to you and your sovereign mercy. You are sovereign as a creator and sustainer of everything. You are not just a mighty ruler, but a merciful Lord. Sustain us with your mercy and keep us calm with your sovereignty. In the name of Emmanuel, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Yesterday we heard Peter's central calling of his letter, which was, Live a good life, even in difficult times, and the unjust world for God's glory. Today, we will read the first arena or area of a life where we are to be good. That's our relationship with the secular rulers and government. So let's read 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 13-17. Be subject for the Lord's sake to every human institution. Actually, in Greek, it's every human creation. Where it be to the emperor as a supreme or to the governor as a sent by him, mean him meaning emperor, to punish those who do evil and to praise those who do good. For this is the will of God, that by doing good, you should put to silence the ignorance of a foolish people, live as a people who are free, not using your freedom as a cover for evil, but living as servants of God. Honor everyone, love the brotherhood, Fear God. Honor the emperor. Both Paul and Peter instructed early Christians to respect the secular rulers for the sake of a common good and gospel preaching or evangelistic need. We need a peace to preach the gospel. Paul emphasized the divine basis of all authorities in Romans chapter 13. Peter talks more about the Christian conduct, which is the honor emperor with a free submission. Today I'm going to share first what I'm inspired and encouraged by Peter, and then to share the wisdom of a godly historical pastor for Christian political involvement. So first, Peter told us to submit to the authorities of an emperor and his governors as a free people of God. Our freedom in Christ empowers us to obey the secular rulers with a greater vision and conviction for the common good of everyone and also for God's kingdom. Peter was encouraging early Christians to remember their freedom in Christ and also this freedom we are to use not for our own selfish gain or gratification of our flesh, but for the service of God, as a servant of God. And Martin Luther succinctly put this together. Martin Luther the Reformer said, A Christian is a perfectly free Lord of all, subject to none. And also, a Christian is a perfectly dutiful servant of all, subject to all. Yes, we are free Lord of all, and also dutiful servant of all. Our freedom is won by Christ and must be worked for the service of love 
in God's honor. Now, Peter's encouragement was not just a lip service or just a rhetorical. Do you remember who the emperor was when Peter wrote this letter? Who was the emperor? That was none other than neurotic, crazy guy named Nero, whose twisted vision burned more than half of Rome and also burned and killed the Christians for his cover-up, and that includes Peter and Paul. If Peter tells us to submit and honor even such an emperor, we can definitely have a peace and pray for whoever our president is, regardless of his character and policy. Now, let me share the practical teaching of a godly pastor for Christian political perspective, because these days Christians really need a God's wisdom for our political involvement. We usually associate Jonathan Edwards with a great awakening movement in 1700s in colonial America and think of him as a fiery preacher who delivers a sermon like sinners in the hands of an angry God. But Jonathan Edwards also was a president of a college of New Jersey, later renamed Princeton University. As a Christian intellectual and thoughtful pastor, Jonathan Edwards gave us six points about the Christian involvement in politics and our duty to influence the government with the gospel. First, Christians have a responsibility to society beyond the walls of the church. Christians must break through the tendency of isolationism that has at times characterized the church. Number two, Christians should not hesitate to join forces with the non-Christians in public square to work toward the common moral goals. While I generally agree with Jonathan Edward here, we must also keep in mind the need to establish our Christian principles is greater, and we refuse to compromise in areas that are fundamental to Christian truth. So cooperation is to be done critically and carefully, whereas isolation is definitely a way to avoid it. Number three, Christians should support their government, but be ready to criticize them when occasion demands. So we are not blind nationalists. We are not just gullible to our governments, everything that our government says, our president says. We are to be supportive as well as critical. Number four, Christians should remember politics is comparatively unimportant in the long run long run. Many Western Christians have forgotten of the past that at this point. Christian responsibility is first to his master, Lord Jesus Christ, then, then and only to his government. Too many have confused the two responsibilities. Peter looked forward to a day when Jesus would return, and he knew at the time the Roman Empire would dissolve into the kingdom of God, and the final kingdom would not tolerate geographical and power distinction. No matter how much we respect our government, we should respect the church even more. Number five, Christians should be aware of a national pride. In the history of a church, there has never been a truly Christian nation. 
Until that does occur and we have a reason to doubt that it will ever, we are obliged to put our pride in the back burner and put our trust in the kingdom of God, which transcends national borders. Our Christian politics are transnational and truly patriotic and never nationalistic. And number six, Christians should care for the poor. Such a point cannot be dismissed lightly, for it reveals an attitude of mercy toward those in need and encompasses more than financial help on bad days. It means Christians ought to help and ought to want to help those who are in need, whatever those needs are. Furthermore, they ought to extend this desire into a plan for the government to help. So Christian politics is a politics for the poor and voiceless and the helpless. Now, let's pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, thank you for your words to calm our anxiety for this current political chaos. We also thank you for your wisdom for us to follow. Help us honor and care for our government as a free people of God with the heart of Jesus. May our political involvement and influence bring a greater common good of everyone, especially poor and the desperate. We also ask you to use United States of America as a true leader of a free world especially to counter and defeat the evil communists and the dictatorial rulers in our world. Grant us your wisdom and courage. And help our president and also president-elect, and both Republicans and Democrats. Lord, help them to really submit you humbly and desperately, because we are in we are in unprecedented crisis. Have a mercy on United States of America and everyone in this world. All this we pray in the name of Jesus, whom we trust with everything. Amen.